So Anne's role is um, Global Competence Manager at Alpha Laval. And, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation um, after the others is because I think uh, it will tie in to each of them, right? So there's so much about the change that's taking place that then affects what we're looking for in talent um, when we bring them in, what we need from the talent that we have, what will you know, get people to be able to do these next versions of, of the roles we're asking them to do. And, and what will keep them um, engaged and uh, empowered as employees. So I thought it would be a nice way to sort of reference back some of uh, the points that have come up throughout the day and um, talk about it from that uh, lens of, of talent and competence. So before we do that, tell everyone uh, a little bit more about yourself and about Alpha Laval. Super. Yeah, I am um, I'm from Denmark. Wow, you heard about something in Denmark. <laughs> so uh, working in Central and Lund in, uh, in global service operations, as I said. My background is in banking um, and marketing. And then over as a trainer and the pedagogical approach. I, uh, one of the key elements in my career has been developing people. Um, and then I added a lot with the organization later on. Privately. I am a horseback rider. I used to compete <laughs> in show jumping. Um, it, this time it's a little bit, you know, a smaller one, Icelandic horse. When I'm, when I'm at my home, I'm living on a countryside. I'm living on a farm, but I commute and I travel a lot. 26 different sales companies around the world with service operations. A lot of stakeholders to take care of. I am, um, I am sitting in the matrix between three big divisions, marine, food and water, and energy. And on the same hand side, I then sit with these 26 uh, different sales companies. So, um, so it's a quite bit a, of a bit of complexity. It, it is. It is. Yes. Okay. But also with the great challenges and, and great people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So all of the things that we've talked about today, okay, um, the changes that are, are taking place in, ser in service, um, you know, the different ways customer expectations are, are evolving different industries ahead. We talked about people first. We've talked about technology. Um, we've talked about leadership, you know, all of these different things. Um, all of those realities of, of what today's landscape looks like, um, how is that shaping competence strategy? So if we look at um, into the Alpha I mean, the strategy uh, within the competence is, of course, connected to our service strategy and the transformation that we launched back in uh, 2020. Um, because we were very much vision-driven, which is really a benefit uh, for, for, for having this, um, you could say, drive um, going on. So if we look at the competence landscape, what happened in that transformation was that we, we built it up around some cornerstones, which, of course, the competence is needed to, to click into, right? So first of all, we said attract and retain people. A very clear career path that we know was really needed. Otherwise, it would be, it would be really difficult. Then the service advisor, that was what we called them, not trusted advisor. We had a lot of discussion about this. But the advisor, 
what does it now take to, to educate uh, and, and give those kind of competences standing there just in front of the customer and bring back more business, not being a salesperson. Then, of course, we also have what we call, um, you could say, the digitized way of working, uh, the more uh, connected, we call it the connected field service. Now, what does that mean? Is it about being a remote? Is it about, you know, being able to uh, crunch the data that connected equipment can kind of gather? Or, or how do we go about this? And the, and the last one was more the presence building. But what we, what do you call that? What we really always put attention to is safety. Mm-hmm. So we had that as a core and it's still, of course, safety, safety, safety. That is, uh, that is really, um, you know, so building the, the strategy about this, of course, paying attention to what is happening mm-hmm. around us with the new generation coming in. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's fun. It's challenging. Uh, we have, we have, uh, some kind of, you could say, uh, inbuilt, um, that's maybe also internally, mm-hmm. um, we, uh, like to act as one, uh, so we bring down the silos between sales and service, um, we know that that is uh, a key element because when you're out there in front of the customers, you need to act as one. You need to have a joint effort. And that's a journey mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. Yes, a lot. I think, um, you know, this area of, you know, how do we attract uh, hire and retain talent? How do we give them the skills they need in today's environment? Um, it's an area that is so challenging. I think a lot of companies um, have kind of uh, not admitted that they've given up, but it's it's something where it's very easy to just focus on the aspects you can't change that makes it hard instead of doing what you can to change. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very easy to point to things that you know, you don't have control over as the cause and not separate out reflecting on how it is that you do as an organization need to evolve. Um, And so, you know, we talked about, um, I I spoke about diversity this morning in the workshop that we were in, you know, we talked about some of the ways that service is evolving. um, And I think we'll continue to in the next few years, I think will give us an opportunity to bring, um, people into uh, the the service realm that haven't been a part of that workforce before or haven't, you know, for a variety of reasons. And I know one of the things that we spoke about uh, that is important for Alpha Laval, and I think um, also something others should consider is uh, the importance of considering what is your employer brand, right? Um, and, and how well-known or not uh, and how well-received or not is that in your potential talent pool. And I think an important distinction is not just your historical potential talent pool, but the, the broader, you know, communities that could become a part of that talent pool. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you view the importance of the company brand uh, and, and some of the things you do to position Alpha Laval as a appealing place for people to work. Yeah. Employer branding is extremely important. Um, and um, if I um, if I go um, just to have that headline uh, and look into the 26 different sales companies, I mean, we don't say one size fits all. Of course, the brand, uh, the way that we go about our culture is extremely important. Um, 
we have a lot of, you could say, um, we are struggling in getting our field service on board, right? We have positions that has not been filled. We hear, you know, we cannot keep up with the compensations and benefits. But if you ask me, yes, if it's a dime or two or, I mean, of course, we should not neglect it. We should always be listening. But for me, I mean, the culture and what we do for our people to grow, I think should be the brand of Alpha Laval. Mm -hmm. And um, what I hear when I try to investigate this is that, well, you don't only say that you do it, but you actually are doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think that is, you know, confirming a little bit that, well, we, 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 we walk the talk. So doing this branding is um, very much up to the local sales companies. Um, I try to encourage them in, in, and, and, and be creative in how they go about this. Uh, what uh, we, we did, and that is something that I normally share with them. I uh, used to work in Alphabal, but in a business unit, we, uh, we mapped, uh, how can we do this imp employer branding? Because I didn't know about Alphabal before I was there, kind of, by coincidence. So I said, how can we do this? So we mapped. Who has this kind of, you could say, uh, connections to the universities, to the schools, who's sitting in those kind of environments? what part of those communities and how can we with a joint effort kind of put Alphabal on the map mm -hmm. so we we were we were sharing a lot of you could say different position in 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 the local society but also reaching out to the to the different universities and colleges to to put our brand there mm -hmm. i think you know hanella we spoke about um you know recognition of of the kone brand and and you know you mentioned um you don't necessarily think about it until you're knowing to look for it, right? And and I think in service, in field service, there's so many brands like that, that, you know, you don't realize everything that goes into, you know, getting the products and goods that you have every day or keeping the world running unless you're looking. And I think, you know, as a whole set of industries, um, thinking together about how we bring more awareness to the fact that there's almost this whole other world of career potential for folks um, that you don't think, you know, when you're a child, oh, I want to grow up and be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. You know, people don't say, oh, I want to be in field service or I want to be, you know, um, in, in one of these particular industries. So how do we how do we think about creating that broader awareness, you know, obviously within individual companies, but also overall? Um, now, you mentioned you in the matrix, you are are in a central role working with the local HR teams and local business leaders to execute strategy. Yeah. Um, sounds like a recipe for some friction. Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, how do you, you sort of navigate that and, and stay aligned on, you know, what the objectives are and, and how to go about it? Um, very good question. Not so simple to answer just uh, in, in uh, yeah. So, so uh, going about this, um, from the beginning, uh, when we when we have this uh, launch of the strategy, of course, we have the buy-in from the MD, from the from the management. I am not part of HR. I'm a competence manager. I sit outside HR, but of course, the ones that I'm collaborating with closely is HR. It took actually a while to get the buy-in uh, from the HR because we we don't understand this uh, technical stuff and no but you understand people and you understand people development. You sit locally as, as people, you could say, you are taking care of the workforce locally. 
Um, but they really had a hard time because I cannot answer questions about the decanters or high-speed separators. I'm not a technician. So they were, they would, they, they have, they, they were not the, and it's back to communication. I need to hold up the mirror. Of course I do. And, I'm, and then, but it, there was, it took some time for the buy-in. Now, these days, we actually see that HR is hiring business partners for service. Mm -hmm. So we see that we are on a journey and they are paying attention, but because they can see how we are, you know, how do we get the talents? How do we onboard them in a good way? How do we make sure that we retain them? They are part of making that happen locally. Mm -hmm. I mean, from Central, we can always ask, uh, we can also answer, you know, the why. We can also say what, but the how. It needs to be there out locally. That's very, very important. And that's how we work decentralized in, in our fellow out. Mm -hmm. But now they also start asking for the how. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a journey. And... Um, one, one transformation creates a lot of spin-off. Now we are looking into different ways to put up academies. How can we capture newly educated, bring them on board, train them? Maybe we train a bit too many. We know that field service is a great place to start the, the, the career, in, 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 at least in Alfa Laval. Can we, can we push them into sales? Can we, go, can we open the doors for repair or projects? Mm -hmm. That is something that we're working with. And again, one size does not fit all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about frontline talent. Okay. So um, when when you're bringing frontline talent in to Alpha Laval, uh, what is the competence, focus, and strategy? The, the competence focus is that we, we normally, that is also a, a shift that has happened. I mean, we um, are focusing much more on the attitude and behavior that we have ever done. Of course, there needs to be a kind of a basic understanding uh, for, for, uh, for mechanical stuff, depending on uh, which layers of, of field service we, uh, we, we, are, we are in a need for. We have four layers uh, in the career path. Um, when we look at it, it's also for them to, to really be, you know, uh, flexible, you know, adaptable and agile. But they also need to have this kind of, you could say, um, continuously learning approach. Mm -hmm. And I think that they, they normally the ones that we go about is very curious about, you know, investigating in their own career, investigating in, in what can happen. And we know that they will be shifting very, very fast. Mm -hmm. So we also are looking into, and that is maybe performance. I was smiling when you said that maybe performance, uh, not over people, but how can we break the learning curve faster? Mm -hmm. How can we make them up running in a faster way? Maybe bringing in these modern tools, maybe, uh, you know, embrace them and, and figure out how can we simulate, how can we you know, train them uh, in, a, in a good and a fast pace. That is, that is where we are. And we, we, we fail sometimes, we stumble and we, we get up and we learn. Yeah. Yeah. Does soft skills, is that part of the, the training? It's very much part of mm -hmm. the training. And actually, uh, we haven't launched it yet. We are uh, launching a, an onboarding program very soon. We have put some of the behavior training that we normally uh, do a little bit later, we put them up from the beginning. Because, you know, how do you go about listening to the customer? How do you go about asking, asking mm -hmm. questions? Do uh, have that, you could say, awareness that we are perceiving differently? 
So when we speak about a scope and standing there in front of a frustrated customer, how do we go about it? How do we communicate? So we are bringing some of that behavior training. We, we, we try to not make soft training. We will like to call it behavior training mm -hmm. uh, more in the early stage for their onboarding. That is, that is what, we, uh, what we are doing now. And now let's see what is happening um, because we, we train. We also see uh, we, we have our um, field force. We have um, invented what we call a sales lead app because we like them to identify potential out there. Mm -hmm. They should identify. They should not be salesperson. And we have had this. And you're not going to turn me into a salesperson. Mm -hmm. No, I have never had the intention. That is for other people. Mm -hmm. But you have an app. If you see something potential, push it forward. We have some salespeople capturing at the other hand. Mm -hmm. They are advisors. And they, that is very, very important. They are, they are there to advise, not to sell. You mentioned the uh, career path. Um, so what does that look like for a new technician coming in? A new technician coming in, if he starts on the basic level, mm -hmm. he would uh, have a very transparent uh, learning plans. We, we work with that. And we normally go about if you are a separation specialist or a thermal specialist, then there are several paths that you need to kind of so master. Mm -hmm. If you want to grow, this is a conversation you have with your manager. So the onboarding is also where the manager, so we are taking the manager uh, there as well. So that conversation is not necessarily only for the PD talk or uh, development talk or what we call it. That is something that is going on constantly. Mm -hmm. So if you have a wish for, for going into a, a, a business, of course, there needs to be a need, uh, but then uh, we would like to encourage our people to grow in that sense. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be a promotion going from one step to another because the compensation and benefits is there mm -hmm. embedded as well. Because there needs also to be this, what's in it for me? Why, why should I develop? Um, now we can also see in some areas of our business, um, maybe we have um, a, a market that is you know, flattening out a little bit. Okay, so how do we then reskill our people? Mm -hmm. That's also part of it because we want to, to uh, retain our people. Mm -hmm. And we want to, uh, because they, they know, you know, I'm not being booked for anything. What is happening? Mm -hmm. I, I like to choose myself. I'd rather go out than, than do, you know, they give me a, a note that I'm not here anymore. Mm -hmm. right? so, so we need to start those kind of conversation uh, quite early. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, we spoke in the, the breakout earlier about the importance of, you know, when it comes to retention, uh, younger talent wants to feel that they have opportunity to progress. So having this progression, having it be clear from the beginning, uh, making sure they know that there's opportunity with that for them within the business. Um, but we also talked about the fact that, as you mentioned, you know, um, it can be better... Ooh, we can't have the expectation that field technicians are going to come into the role and stay there for 20 or 30 years like they did before, right? And so we need to be preparing for that and and figuring that out. Um, but also we spoke about uh, the reality that it can be better to retain them within the company, even if it isn't within service, right? So if if they're a talented individual and, you know, they they have an interest or an aptitude to go into sales or to go into product or something else, right? making sure that you have uh, measures in place um, to be able to uh, to do that. Um, 
Can I add a, com yeah. a comment to that one? Because what we do normally, we have a policy that we say we have open recruitments. So if we have kind of internal posts, you know, people can go and look if they are curious about, you know, maybe I would need to fulfill a career within maybe being a manager or maybe being in sales or something else. Um, and then if you apply for an internal position, you will always get some kind of conversation with the hiring manager or with the HR. So, and that is also bringing things to the surface, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a person who is now in the mood of looking for something different. And if that person is not there to supposed to, uh, or, or giving that opportunity, you at least know that that person has put down an application or a wish for doing something different. Mm -hmm. So that is also for me, a local responsibility from HR to then support, okay, we know that you are in this situation. Uh, how can we support you in, in being the best candidate if that's what you want to fulfill? Mm -hmm. To get an open and honest conversation with, with the employees. Yeah. That's not always happening, I know. But that is what we are aiming for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we also talked about, um, you know, I think a lot of uh, folks uh, at the moment in service think of... Um, you know, competence and, and training and development uh, in relation to the frontline workforce. New employees come in, what do we do to get them up to speed, right? Um, but we also need to be thinking about how crucial it is um, not to overlook competence and ongoing development uh, from a leadership perspective. Um, so can you talk uh, a bit about you know, what you're doing to make sure leaders as well are having the opportunity to develop and learn and grow, um, because that obviously has a huge impact on retention. It has a huge, huge impact. Um, I need to step one step back into the history, and I probably said this already to some of you. Uh, when we launched the transformation, we could see that the enablers for having that change happening was, of course, the leadership or the managers. So we, um, we, we initiated a transformational leadership because we were looking for that entrepreneurship. We were looking for the vision driven. We were looking for people having the buy-in. And at the same time, we added to that training that people need to work in a strategic way. Um, before we kind of put that program uh, in, in action, we said, well, this is a personal journey, dear manager. So we would like to offer you a 360 degree leadership evaluation. Maybe you are in a position because you are a fantastic engineer and maybe you are still working hands-on because in smaller sales companies, the manager might be out there working himself, right? Or he loves to do that, so he goes. Um, so in, in some occasion, we, we also by that could see that, okay, we have a layer of, 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 of managers uh, they get these kind of scoring. They get the insights themselves because this is really, I mean, you are a bit vulnerable when you when you are on, the, on a journey like this because it's very much personal development. Uh, and what was it you called this policy? What was it? Um, no assholes. No assholes. <laughs> so from, from Central, um, when we looked into that, we could definitely see if there were some assholes further up, mm -hmm. right? Because how are you treating your people? Because... What we offered the managers was that we said, you have a 360, you have a feedback from your managers and from your surroundings. And if your manager may not be treating you well in this, maybe you get a big surprise and that has never been addressed 
uh, because the manager has never talked to you about these issues, but suddenly you see it in a 360-degree leadership evaluation. What kind of, you could say, communication is that? So that was also an eye-opener for us. So from Central, we saw it was a bigger need than just what we, we could address from, from, from the transformation point of view. Right now, we are in the, the, in the uh, what you say, the situation where we are looking into how do we, how do we move our service operations manager to become more strategic? We know that our field service managers might be more operational. Mm -hmm. So will we force them to take those strategic decisions? Maybe not. Maybe mm -hmm. not. So we will also need to go back, and we have not done that work yet, but that is what we are discussing right now. We know the team managers, because I spoke about I don't, you know, the span of control. Uh, if you are a leader, the span of control cannot be 20 or 30 people. Um, so we have a layer of team managers that we also need to educate. And um, yeah, I think uh, we are having a big attention here because speaking of culture, we really need them. Speaking about being close to your people, retaining your people, you need to understand what does it take to 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 thrive what and the motivational Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's so, so important. And I think um, you know, we we spoke earlier about the fact that uh there's statistics on this. I just don't have them handy, but um, you know, companies drastically underinvest or don't invest at all in leadership uh training and ongoing education. Um, and in service in particular, if you think about, um, you know, historically, the way to reward a strong individual contributor is to make them a manager, a, you know, a director uh, and, and have them progress th through the ranks. The, the challenge with that is, you know, them being a strong individual contributor as a field technician doesn't necessarily mean that they're a strong leader. And so, um, you know, we have to be very careful as we sort of push toward this you know, more innovative future, um, do you have the right capabilities within leadership teams to spearhead that, right? And uh, if not, you know, um, I know this wasn't the context you said about the gentleman who you brought in that was sort of a, an outsider in the, in the Denmark um, rollout, but it, it can be the same idea. You either need to augment that skill with different skills or um, invest in, you know, building up those capabilities and certainly, you know, look for people that truly should not be in those positions because it will just ruin uh, the culture and the morale and, and you know, increase turnover. So um, I think it's, it's a really important uh, area. I can add to when we did the 360, right, and we had these coaching sessions because we offered an external coach uh, session for that, the trainer. Uh, or the co-facilitator of that leadership training. And then uh, I acted as a coach as well. And some of the managers, they were not there. They were not comfortable. So the match was not there. Mm -hmm. So some of them are not in that those positions today and they are happy. I mean, this is normally also how it goes. I mean, if you if you cannot see anything else, maybe you can be a manager then. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gets into a totally different conversation, but I think... We need to come up with a way to reward strong individual contributors that does not just put them in charge of other people. Because for some people, you know, not only do they not incline toward that, but uh, they may not want to do it. They they may not be good at it. Right. Um, and and so, you know, how do we acknowledge their 
um, excellence without just saying, here, you know, here's a team. <laughs> Good luck. Um, okay, so, so Anne, as you look out over the next you know, three to five years. Um, when it comes to talent and and competence, uh, what do you think the biggest things are that A, we're going to need to be looking for um, and B, you know, we're going to need to be uh, thinking about being prepared to address? Um, in, I need to maybe put another statement here as well because I see a certain trend as well internally and maybe it's not only internally, but I see more of our field service moving from one country to another. I see a lot more crossing borders and, and going for local contracts in different countries. If that's the case outside Alpha Laval, I have investigated. But I see an increase in trend in that. I see people going from this area to this area and they, they are okay by having a local contract. They take the whole family, they go, and they, they start a new adventure. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are support uh, connected with having internal movements. But uh, I have also recruited, when I was in HR, I also recruited people from, from, from different countries outside Alpha. And they were also kind of, you know, support in those kind of movements. If that's a, in that, in, if that's a trend going uh, on outside Alpha, I haven't investigated that, but I see mm -hmm. it's an increase in trend inside. Um, that's one thing. Um, AI is definitely one of, of, of uh, the things that no we're talking about AI. a lot. I actually was in, in Stockholm a few weeks ago on a learning conference. And uh, AI was, of course, the underlying theme. And I think we can benefit a lot from, from those tools mm -hmm. um, in, 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 our, in our area. So... I agree. I think um, I certainly don't want to give the the connotation that I'm anti-AI to anyone. I just think <laughs> what I am is anti-everyone jump on a buzzword, um, exactly. right? And so I think, you know, uh, earlier we had a, a conversation um, from a question about knowledge management. Like, to me, that is an area where AI could provide tremendous value and service because we have a wealth of data and knowledge just sitting there waiting to be leveraged. Like, so my mind just goes to, you know, what are some of the real world today problems we can mm. solve? Let's start there, you know, and then get to some of the, the more forward thinking stuff. I also see it more as a tool. It's mm -hmm. more a tool to achieve what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. Not at the moment. Okay. Moment.